Go on Welcome then. Welcome to oh. a brilliant intro. <laughs> no, I just did it, and you just spoke no, over it. No, but I didn't know it was coming at that point. Just to warn me when it's coming. All right, I'm warning you now. It's, the welcome is coming. I'll keep quiet then. Oh, happy days. Welcome to episode 34 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name's Nick Page. I'm joined, as ever, by the very reverend Joe Davis. How are you doing, Joe? Thank you. I'm particularly reverend. Thank you. You are. You're extremely reverend. Am I allowed to say, or is it giving it away, that I'm very excited by the title of this podcast? Well, we... Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, it was quite funny. Anyway, we'll... Uh, We'll spring that on people. <laughs> we will. Well, no, won't they see it first? Because they see it come anyway. Never mind. That's true, actually. It's yes, not going to be a surprise. That's a good point. Yes, no, it won't really be a surprise. <laughs> it tick- yeah. tickled me. Anyway, let's come on to that. In a <laughs> we will. Um, <coughs> now, oh, me. on that coughing note, how mm, are you, oh, dear I'm Nick Page? I'm not very good. You're I not, not are you? Good. Two weeks I've been ill. And uh, I can't seem to... I get so tired, that's the thing. I mean, I walk downstairs... It's like being an old person. Well, you are quite old. Uh, yeah, it's like being an older person. Yes. I, I sort of walk downstairs and, and have to have a lie down, really. Yeah. Today I was, I was at work for a bit and I was so tired I lay down behind the desk. <laughs> that's not good. Mm. And I had the dreaded Lurgy over Christmas and now it's decided to you've, come back yesterday yeah, morning. So there you, we go. Got it back. It's yeah. crazy. Well, the, in fairness, everybody has it at the moment. I mean, there's, they, there, there are is a lot less people about. without it now than I think people. Yeah. Anyway. So well, we... I hope if, if any of our listeners are feeling unwell, I hope that this will... Yes. At least past a, past a exactly. little bit. Much time. love and empathy to you. Yes. <laughs> from, yes. from your eyes. Obviously, you're not as ill as me. Obviously. But, you know, no one could be. Who could be? Nobody. <laughs> anyway, how's your, how's your week been? Uh, well, uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a busy time of year, but it's good. I still went to see The Greatest Showman over Christmas, which I very much enjoyed. Have you seen that? Hugh Jackman no. film? No. And saw Darkest no. Hour last night. Wow. That's great. That's the um, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman as Churchill. Churchill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. Really good film. Well worth okay, a watch. Good. Yeah. good. How about you? What have you been up to? Um, well, I've been so ill, I haven't really been doing anything. You know, I mean, one of my um, uh, one of my sort of resolutions was to spend less time on social media, but I was so ill that I couldn't be bothered doing anything else. I had the strength to look at Twitter, and that was about <laughs> it. <really. laughs> It's a horrible uh, thing when you when your job is creative and you're not well because you, yeah. you kind of need to be firing, don't you? Well, I mean, I don't know. There's a sort of professionalism thing, but I, you do feel, yeah, you do. You don't feel like having the mm. energy to, to especially yeah. if you're working, you know, on your own, as it were. You know, you've got to be quite yeah. self motivated to sit down. That, yeah. So if you just don't feel like it, but it's very rare that I'm ill. I mean, I haven't been ill for for a long time, so I can't really complain. No. Well, but, uh, yeah, but actually, I'm just getting back into reading. You know, I haven't even been reading much. You know, so I'm just reading a few books. That requires well. concentration, which is yeah. tough. Anyway, mm. uh, moving on. Uh, moving on. Shall we? Some emails. Yes. Hey. Yes. Okay. First of all, I had a great one from Darwin in Australia. 
who uh, uh, is from Tim. And, and uh, funnily enough, he writes and he says, love it, love it, love it, blah, blah, blah. All the usual compliments you get the picture. Uh, thank you for that. That made me laugh. Uh, now for the stuff I'd like to say and I'd like you to pay attention to. Thanks for being honest and giving others in position like yourselves and myself permission to be honest too. I've been honest for some time now and I'm getting quite good at it. <laughs> My brother-in-law is honest too. He introduced me to your podcast a little while ago. And amongst other things, I've really enjoyed the honesty in them. Honestly, that's all I've got to say for now. Cheerio, Tim. <laughs> Brilliant. So I like that. Thank you very much. And he says it'd be fun to know if there was anyone else in Darwin that listens. So uh, if you happen to be a listener in Darwin, write in and let us know and we'll put you in touch with Tim. Uh, I don't even great. know where Darwin is. I mean, uh, I know it's in Australia somewhere, isn't it? Oh, well, yeah, obviously you're just stupid then. Anyway, yeah, well, should we move on? Enough. Okay, hmm. so... Um, and then, uh, well, here's one. I don't know that you know about this one. From Andy, a trustee at Oasis. He said, <laughs> do you remember Andy? Really? He says, I recently discovered the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast and have just completed all 33 episodes. Good I, Lord. I knew Nick during his time at Oasis back in the 90s. And, of course, he knew me as well. So it's been a joy to listen in. Bless you both, he says. Hey. <laughs> oh, lovely to hear from him. Very hey, nice. Andy. Hello there. Yes, and I it... left before they could sack me. That was my <laughs> yeah, that's big thing about always the smart move. I jumped move. before I could be <laughs> Always the smart move. <laughs> and then uh, one from Pete, Peter who says, Hi, Joe and Nick. A, sh- a short email simply to thank you both for continuing to invest your time, thought, sometimes even humour in the podcast. Uh-huh. Hmm. Massive appreciation. Keep up the great work in 2018. Re-saying grace. I grew up in a home where saying grace before every meal was vital, so much so that it continued to happen in cafes, restaurants and other public places where the embarrassment level for me would be huge. Grace saying could last a long time. <laughs> in my household, we've stopped saying grace and in some ways this feels liberating. At the same time, it can feel as if something is missing and I would be grateful for ideas for natural ways of a replacement for the overly religious language and eyes down of traditional grace suggestions and he says sadly I won't be joining you at Lee Abbey shame oh, it's a shame um, well there were a couple of suggestions I mean I, I did want to talk to you about grace because yeah, I right. found it quite interesting that you you found it uh, awkward's not quite the right word, yeah. but you know, yeah. But because you are the least embarrassable no, no, person I, I've ever met I in my life, you know, you are outrageously over the top in I've, every possible social situation. <laughs> Thank so, you. I, so I don't. <laughs> I find it odd to find that, that we've got this moment where you feel a little bit less comfortable. I don't find uh, gratitude uncomfortable in any way, nor gratitude to God uncomfortable anyway. I find imposing. I suppose a bit of a a thing on others right, uncomfortable. Okay. So so, you know, um, and back to the question. And people are saying, well, yes, sure. one, one is, I mean, I I I feel far less comfortable saying, hey, as we as we serve as you're serving up and as you're taking your food, you know, tell me some things that we're really grateful for in your life at the moment. Mm, mm, and that mm. that has become a kind of substitute grace for me. So it it, it may not always directly be addressing God even. But it is creating a, uh, an atmosphere of gratitude, which is a good thing. We used to use a dice. We had a big, a big prayer dice thing. A prayer true. dice. You I know, remember it actually. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and our girls used to bowl it, and and yeah. then they'd read out the simple grace that was on it. That was good fun. Although yeah. one of them was one of them was a rather depressing grace. It sort of went along the lines of do not abandon us in our time of tra- trouble, you know, which I thought was, you know, depending on what you were eating, it seemed a bit depressing. 
and, but you know, and there are some books of there's some really nice books of graces as well. If you want something sort of simple that you can read out that that avoids that kind of thing. Um, but yeah. you know, I I I think it's what you feel natural doing. I feel yeah. very natural doing it, and I yes. I, I, I try it in restaurants, and I, I feel that it's something that I a way that I can express my faith publicly without. Yeah. You know, um, without worrying about it. So I yeah. quite like that. Yeah, that's good. I I need to learn from you. I, yeah, mm, so I think, many things. I think being, so many things. Being a minister, you're so aware of the sort of bad image of the yeah, church sure. and the cringiness yeah. and the awkwardness yeah. and all that. And maybe I swing the pendulum too far sometimes. And they're kind of, I'm not going to do anything that looks even remotely yeah. embarrassing. Even perhaps I should. I don't know. That's another question for Well, I think the other day. thing that I feel strongly about is that, you know, obviously so much of my work is is dealing with people who cannot make any public expressions of their faith. Yeah. Cannot say... Yeah, sure. So I, I often feel that... In, so that's empowered you, know, you a bit, yeah. Yeah, you know, I often feel, well, I'm doing it because they can't kind of stuff. But anyway, you know, there you go. Okay. And uh, one last email. Uh, I think I'll keep this anonymous. Uh, I hope you're well. I'm a bit behind on the podcast, so I haven't heard any since Christmas. I have a question I don't think you've covered on the podcast. If you have, just point me in that direction. Here goes. Does God exist? <laughs> Not do I have an unhelpful image of God, but is there actually any kind of objective reality at all behind our concepts of God? How can I know it's not just self-hypnosis, self-delusion, wishful thinking? There. <laughs> well, there we go. There you go. Well, um, um, I'm going to say yes, but I can't prove it. Uh, and uh, sometimes I wonder if actually that's all there is. You know, all this, you know, deep questioning about God. Well, supposing just the whole thing is God, all the dark matter, every, all the space in between everything and everything. It's just... Mm. Yeah, anyway, save that one for another day, shall we? <laughs> well, I, I think if I could answer that question, I, could, <laughs> I wouldn't have to do this podcast. I, but thanks for asking. Quite a lot of money. Yeah, 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 lovely. Yeah, no, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. Good point. So, uh, anyway, like, so um, uh, I've what? got a bit of feedback here. Oh, good. I got a letter from a, a, a long-term correspondent. Dear Reverend and Mrs. Davis, I'm writing to rebuke you in a godly and righteous manner. Having recently visited your Facebook page, I was sad to see the dissolute state of your appearance. One of you looks like a 1940s workman after a hard night's drinking. The other looks like a Hawaiian drug dealer. Also, both of you... Oh, it's true, that. Also, both of you appear to be no strangers to the gluttonous pleasures of the chip shop. I understand the temptation. Oft have I yearned to indulge in the pleasures of the flesh, but I've learned self-control. It's been at least 38 years since I last knew the pleasures of a battered sausage. Please, ex <laughs> Please exhort your listeners to mortify the flesh, to exercise a godly appetite, and above all, to shun any tight clothing, especially leggings. That way lies depravity, not to mention ch badly chafed thighs. Yours in him with that by those and left at the traffic lights. Ethel, sad old person, bracket misses. Nice to hear from you. Oh, it's um, <laughs> don't, now, now I've got well, to I... cough a lot and blow my nose. That's your fault. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll pause. I mean, I think she's got a good point, really. She has. You know, I feel we have... Uh, <coughs> we, we're perhaps not looking at our best. No, but, um, it's, it's good. And she leads us into this, the, the, what we're going to talk yeah, about this time, yeah. which is this angsty stuff about dieting. And, you know, it's a self-conscious time of year. People worry about how they look and how much weight they put on and mm. generally go around being miserable. And I think we've just had Blue Monday, haven't we? So isn't that supposed to be one of the most miserable days of the year? Isn't that a new order well, I thought song? So. I, thought. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I suppose the question is, uh, is, is 
dieting and exercise a spiritual discipline? Is it a spiritual issue? What would you say to that? Uh, yes, by very virtue of the fact that it's an issue. I don't. I, I think I don't really like separating out mm. any longer. What What's a spiritual issue, and what's an emotional issue, and what's a you know, physical issue? And do, do you know it? It's an issue for you, so it's going to affect you spiritually. Of course, it is. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the definitions of spirituality that I've I've found helpful is uh, um, it comes from. I found this in a rather large book called The Study of Spirituality. <laughs> There's a surprise. But he, but um, he's uh, a guy quotes another guy called Jeffrey Wainwright. He says Jeffrey Wainwright's definition of spirituality as the combination of praying and living. Oh, so spiritual. If you if you feel that spirituality as is a combination of prayer and life and and that actually all of life can be brought into that mm. that prayerful presence then i suppose you know the way that we look after ourselves and the way that we dress and all those kinds of stuff is is um is 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 part of spirituality it's not separate yeah from it yeah but i think the church has rather kind of got very muddled over it over the centuries really well as ethel clearly showed us yeah because there is that sense i think in the in christian history of of um really you know not 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 being rather disgusted by the flesh and and i find that kind of confusing partly because the, the christianity is materialist it's all about the incarnation it's all about the you know the, yeah. the the body being part of your discipleship yeah. and and doing stuff actually yeah, it's all about so. that it's where the action is yeah. And yet, so much Christian teaching has has really gone down um, sort of the Gnostics line. So the Gnostics typically believed that that um, the world was a kind of evil place created by an evil um, yeah. demi demiurge, sort of semi god, and 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 that actually everything was yeah. supposed to be spiritual and in here in our in our heads. And the church, I think, has adopted that a lot of the time. You know, because I think that the church has had a very uh, confused view of the body. On the one hand, it wants to you know, affirm the material world through things like the incarnation and all that's mm. very important to it. But on the other hand, I think it never quite escapes the idea that the body is inherently corrupt and, and rather, mm. you know, distasteful, yeah. you know, not, yeah. not very nice. Yeah. Sure. Because <laughs> the body is where, where naughty things happen. <laughs> it's where we, we, we get all those fleshly enjoyments. Yes. Of the, the pleasures of the battered sausage. As yeah, exactly. Yes. But it... Um, <laughs> I uh, think you should forget about Ethel and the battered sausage. I now. can't. Uh, you can't unsee it, not, can it's you? It's not helpful. <laughs> the body is the body is the battleground of all naughtiness for the it church, and therefore, true. if we can mortify it and punish it and, and hit it a lot yeah. with, with things, mind you, some people some people who enjoy that, and then of it gets course. even more naughty. So what do you do? You know. So it's it's been, I think it's very kind of mixed. Messages about yeah. about the body, sure, um, and, and and sometimes yeah. backed up from scripture as well. You know, you get these messages in 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 yeah. Paul where he he you know he says, "Don't let sin reign in your your um, you know your 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 body, your mortal body." Yeah, um, yeah, and, don't and, you dare. And even Jesus in the Sermon of the Mount, it says, "You know, I pay no attention to what you're going to eat or what you're going to." And uh, and th- there is truth there, but don't. But I think it's often taken out of context. Yeah, you know, and um, completely agree. Yeah. I mean, the result is, I think that that um, you know, we see this, we see yeah. the, the stuff of the world or the flesh as as worldly or evil, and that caring about your appearance yeah. or anything like that, yeah. or, or or enjoying how you dress is is vanity. Um, 
Yeah, and maybe maybe we've brought in a Which bit. Which I suppose it can well be sometimes. That. I don't know, but but I agree, and I I think. This, this insidious sacred secular divide, which we've we've talked about before, I think, is just well, it is exactly that. It's insidious and it creeps in, and often it's by stuff that's taught, and it's it's also it's it's not always taught directly. It's just the obvious implications of it. You know, often often you know, I, I certainly used to hear lots of sermons about how evil culture is and how terrible it is. Yes. And I imagine they go on to this day. You know, and you look around, so you end up with this idea. Yeah, the world is all a very terrible, evil place where Satan's in control, and and similarly, you you know, as you as you say, the body is this dreadful. place place with all its desires and its sexuality and we all know how terribly sinful that is and how we shouldn't enjoy ourselves at all so yeah it creates this kind of well i blame augustine for most well of it, yeah I think. exactly I mean, he was he was he was a man with so many hang-ups about sex and i think he kind of brought that in um yeah but i i i, I so you're right i think i think it can of course it can be an enormous problem yeah. But when there's no doubt that, that sort of bodily desires and the way we view our bodies can be uh, a, a very sort of uh, difficult and dangerous and, and bad thing. I mean, psychologically, I think, but psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, the yeah. the, bo- the body matters. Yeah, it's all part of that. Exactly. Um, if it's if, if if it's if we don't control it, it's a problem. And I think if we disdain it or ignore it, that's another problem. I agree. Um, so, is it wrong to care about our appearance? Well, no, I don't think it's wrong. I mean, I've thought about this quite a lot re- in recent years because I, I, I well, did. It, does, it doesn't show. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, because I did start deliberately wearing more colour. Oh yeah. Because I, 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 I caught sight oh, of yeah. myself in a mirror, and I was dressed head to toe in beige, mm. and I thought that is yeah, the world's that's... most boring person. Um, <laughs> it is. And so I actually did start wearing more colourful things, and I did start thinking about. And, and I suppose it helps because yeah. I've got a daughter who who's a fashion graduate, or something yeah. on that. And you know, and so, and I've got a wife who dresses really wonderfully and and colourfully. Yeah. So I think, I think, I and and I. But I always used to think this because I always used to look at those programs. Do you remember Trini and Susanna? Do you remember what yeah, not do, to yeah, wear? Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 Gok One. Gok One. Gok one, who I don't know, <laughs> is there a Gok two? <laughs> Son of photo. Gok four. Um, Gok Gok one, and um, yeah, how to look good naked. Which is why I think I've always wanted to do a book called How to Look Good Sacred. And that's why that would be, that would be there. We so have, great. and that is the name of this episode. <laughs> I don't know what to do how about, to look but good. That sacred. is a title. How to look good sacred, isn't it? That is a book. <laughs> I just throw that out to my publishers. Let's do that, but I don't know what it's about. But um, no, because I was talking to 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 my wife Claire about about Gok One. I was saying, oh, it's so trivial, you know. It's all this emphasis on fashion and all this kind of stuff. And she was saying, no, 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 it's not that at all. No. He thinks genuinely that anyone can look beautiful. Yeah. And all he does is he tries to bring the beauty out in them. Yeah. And so he yeah. he tries to make he understands that the way that we appear. Our appearance can can affect the way we feel about ourselves. Exactly, exactly. Um, now, I the minute I heard that, I thought that's absolutely true, you know. And and you do see so many people who who the way that they feel about themselves is reflected in in the clothes they wear, whether those clothes yeah. are sort of shapeless or drab or or, yeah. or anything like that. And it's so I don't think it's about vanity or about fashion, but it is about 
character. Who am I? Yeah. Uh, what do I like wearing? You know, yeah. what, what, you know. Um, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a four, so I'm driven by the need to be special. Mm. So I'm always going to be yeah, interested sure. in sure in in yeah. trying to look different. But you know, um, yeah. so I don't think I think it's it's, it's yeah, a very no, important I, thing. It, it, it's a really... so I wish you paid more attention to it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think what I feel is that it, it what I hate at this time of year when when people are talking about losing weight is is when you pick up the undercurrent of their self-loathing yes it, it, so you, you i'm so fat and and uh, although they don't often say it the sort of implication and, and therefore i'm so ugly and yes. and i'm pretty sure that's what a lot of them are saying to them because certainly i have people who to my way of thinking look absolutely gorgeous you know men and women and they look absolutely fantastic and they go oh i'm so ugly. oh i'm so fat and they think well no you look great and i just mm. think self-loathing is not a particularly good motivator and i think i think sometimes the church has accidentally got uh caught up in that uh way of motivating people not so much self-loathing but you know the real kind of you're going to hell you're a, you're a worthless worm we're back on the augustine stuff again and you need saving. And actually, I don't see Jesus using that as the prime motivator for repenting and having a whole new worldview. I see it as an invitation to uh, receive your true identity of mm. belovedness. And mm. it seems to me that's a better platform to operate in almost any area of your life, including dressing better and getting fitter and losing weight than telling yourself what a wretched overweight ugly person you are mm. and I, I think it can have a it can have in a spiral can't it because people feel yeah. bad about themselves yeah. they feel they feel awful about themselves and then they try and lose weight and it's so difficult for them and and then they feel failure yeah. on top yeah. of that yeah, yeah. so yeah. they're not only uh you know ugly or whatever or the the, the, the they don't like themselves yeah. but but they're they're actually a failure as well and yeah and so uh, it, that's the thing we said earlier that the body is so difficult to get the balance right on. It's really hard yeah, it to is. to sit in the middle between um, healthy appetite, for example, and enjoyment of food. Yeah. Or uh, a, a a sort of gluttonous, you know, over yeah. overindulgence of it, yes. or going the other way and and yeah. and sort of f- starving yourself. Is it, it to to to? I think I think the body. Our attitudes to the body. I've been thinking a lot about this topic since since we sort of sort of broached it. But I mean, you know, our attitudes to the body are really complicated. Mm. It's really complicated to get it right. And I, I was really struck by this talking to my mate last night, who's a uh, psychiatrist, and right. he's talking about the kinds of people he deals with. Mm. Um, and this was in and, one of your sessions, was it? It's not in a professional <laughs> session, no. Just in a social yeah. context. And he was talking. He, he, I said, well, you know, what kinds of people do do you see? And he said, well, I see people who cut themselves yeah. and I see people with eating disorders and I see mm. people, um, you know, who who are addicted to certain things. I see mm. people who are, over, who, are, who are drinking or are overweight. Or, mm. And it just struck me how much of the psychological trauma that goes on in people's lives is expressed through the body. Mm. You know, that... that, yeah. that if, you know, take the, the, the image of the, the idea of self-harming, which I think has an awful lot of resonances with sort of that medieval 
flagellation kind of mortifying your flesh and punishing yourself but they can't they have to hurt they had the body has to hurt them because they feel so guilty and so awful about themselves so and 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 so all i mean is you know the the, this issue of the body's importance in our in our lives it's very real it's very true and and we don't do anybody any favors by in christian terms by sort of not really talking about it at all or pretending everything is to do with the soul or the spirit or the mind going to heaven yeah yeah so uh, heaven is a place on earth as the great theologian belinda carlisle reminds us (laughs) bless saint belinda (laughs) of of carlisle (laughs) of carlisle (laughs) reminds us so so let's assume that one or two of our listeners, like us, are fighting the flab and doing. What's a what's a healthier basis to to go about this? You know, if if you are one of those people that are kind of mm. beating yourself up, what mm. what would replace that and possibly even make losing the weight more effective? Well, I I, I mean I I don't know. I think I think firstly to be able to look at yourself non judgmentally. Yeah. You know, that's one of the key things that that your appearance is part of you. It is to do with you, but it's not part of your moral character necessarily. You know, it's not a reflection on, on, um, you know, some kind of inner uh, (laughs) qualities necessarily. Um, To be able to look at yourself non-judgmentally and to to see the good things that are there as well, you know, and, and not just to sort of feel bad about yourself, not to judge yourself on that. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the other thing, I mean, you've done, in a sense, you, you're yeah. probably better answering this than I am because you've done more, more. I think, of this sort of exercise yeah. and, and extreme, yeah, I mean, yeah. so you've run marathons, for example. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't run a marathon. That's why, that's why the car was invented. <laughs> so we don't have to yeah. do that kind of thing. That's but um, but you, you've run it and, and done yeah. that kind of thing and you, yeah. you go to the gym very often, don't you? I do. Most so days. how do you keep it in perspective? How do you keep a proper balance of you, uh, the, the way you view yourself it's always hard to be balanced but i mean my my natural tendency is towards gluttony so you know there's there has to be a payoff so i always thought running and keeping fit and doing all those things just, just literally helps burn calories but also when you've got a goal like running a marathon y- mm. you're you know that does really help so like if you've got a goal let's just say for example you decide well by spring i want to have lost a stone i think there's I do think there's a right way to go about it and a wrong way to go about it. And the wrong way to go about it is with self-loathing. Mm. And with the you know with this idea that I'm starting as ugly but I'm going to end up as thin and gorgeous. No, you're starting as gorgeous. Mm. That's the truth and I think it's it's back to this old chestnut of ours about identity. The first the most truest thing about you as a human being and about me as a human being is we are beloved. That's it. Now, if we could only offer ourselves that true statement and really receive it, you know what? I think that that is a better place from which to do little bits of modification, like getting healthier or losing a bit of weight or whatever it is we're trying to do. You're you're not doing this in isolation. You're not doing this to gain acceptance from God or other people. You're just doing this as a little gift for yourself. Mm with Mm. god who's with you in all of it Mm. so you know i I, like i say i really hate hearing the self-loathing at this time of year and i you know i really want to say to our listeners that the truest thing about you well there's two true things about you the first and most definitely true objectively true is you are beloved that's it and that's what repentance is all about why do you repent and get baptized 
because in that moment and as we see it in the baptism of Jesus he receives his true identity what is his true identity a beloved son you are a beloved child and I think from that grows the actions for your life not from from the old self and the old ways of thinking um so so that's that's what I want to say about that um, you know it's interesting I I saw this quote from um uh, Richard Raw. I wasn't sure whether to drop Richard it. Richard Raw. Yeah. Really quote Richard Raw. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, I'm amazed. It's unheard oh. of. Oh, no, I wasn't going to drop it in, but just see. No, you It just says this: Your life is not about you. You are about life. You are an instance of a universal, eternal pattern. The one life that many call God is living itself in you, through you, and as you. You have never been separate from God, except in your mind. Well, that's going to take, you know, three years to dwell on, I know. But <laughs> but I, I think the truest thing about you is you are beloved. You are incarnate in this body of yours. Yes, look after it. Yes, discover that. But, but you know, don't try and put the cart before the horse. Mm. You know, if you're trying to do all these things to somehow one day be the perfect you, mm. you know, and then you'll feel loved, then you'll feel beloved. Wrong. No, realise you are beloved now. Mm. Exactly the weight you are, exactly with the amount of sleep you're getting, exactly in the shape that you are in now. You are gorgeous. And from that point, tweak around with it a bit. Mm. And set yourself some realistic goals and go for mm. it. And if you fail, well, I wouldn't beat yourself up too much, but I'd keep going with it. Mm. You know, if that's what you've decided you're going to do, that's a good thing. And that's where the spiritual disciplines come in. Light fasting. Mm. You know, that's such a helpful spiritual discipline. Why is it helpful? Because because it just teaches you to control your desires. You know, it does teach you to sort of resist the sort of, you know, things you ought to be resisting, like chocolate or cake or, you know, all those things. It's good to have yes. a period of fasting, yes. but it's not good to extend it for too long. I mean, I'm... No, I think it, that's right. And I think I think that's one of the main... Um, uh, benefits actually of this you know there's obviously a health benefit but, but one of the main benefits of doing these kinds of things uh, is that you you there is a level of self-control and mastery yeah and we are exhorted to control our body yeah yeah and uh and so that you know there is a biblical principle b behind that um i mean again my mate uh the, the psychiatrist says uh, he says that basically they have approach to clients is twofold one is uh, non-judgmental listening so they just mm. they're not going to judge them they're just going to listen to what they've got to say so they can tell them mm. anything they've been doing but the second is to encourage people to remind them that they have agency they can stop it they don't actually have to do it because most of the people he deals with a lot of the people he deals with say mm. i couldn't control myself i had to do it you know i uh, couldn't i yeah. couldn't not do it and he's going no you can and and so the 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 as Paul talks about in Romans, you know, we train our bodies like it, yeah. you know, it's uh, not because yeah. you hate yourself, which has often been seen as the case of been sort of mortifying the flesh. Yeah. It's because actually, yeah. um, it is a good thing to be able to say no, yeah, to things that are bad for you. Yeah, yeah it is good. I thought you were going to quote, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is also true. Well, I could quote a lot of Paul. Uh, I yeah, could say, and, you know, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> that was one of his better ones. Yeah. Yes, and, uh, 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 heaven is a place on. Oh no, that was Belinda. Saint Belinda. I get confused. <laughs> but what I, I I really think 
that the order that you do things in matters. And I would say to all our listeners who are struggling, you know, or wanting to lose weight or feeling a bit miserable for whatever reason, everything, receive this truth. The first and most truest thing about you is you're a beloved child of God. You matter, you're loved, you've been given a gift of life. Now, don't start beating yourself up and feeling all guilty about what you've done with it so far. But if you want to do things differently, then, you know, our belief in the Holy Spirit or agency as your psychiatrist friend would be that there's help available and you can actually do it. Mm. So so go right ahead. But don't think it's going to make you gorgeous because you're already gorgeous. Thank you. you and Good night. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, doctor. Well, I think that's, <laughs> I found that very helpful and I can always um, do with uh, understanding in you just how gorgeous I am. Yes. Well, you are. <laughs> uh, You're I very am. gorgeous, Nick. Page. So uh, thank you for listening. And um, I think we'll go, are going out now for a, for a brisk run and then possibly just jumping in a cold lake. How about you? <laughs> I'm going to go and eat something. <laughs> well, there we go. Okay. Cheers. All right, we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, thanks for listening. You're gorgeous. No, you're gorgeous. No, no, our listeners are gorgeous. Oh, yeah, then. Right, bye. <laughs>